0: Would you just close your eyes today? Just put out your hand and say, Father God, I'm about to receive your living word and I ask your Holy Spirit will reveal Jesus to me from the pages of the scripture. And I declare today, I'm about to change. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and the greater one lives in me in Jesus name amen you may be seated god bless you if you're visiting us today for the very first time or you're visiting us today for the first time in a long time you are welcome you welcome and you're all welcome and we'll do an official greeting After the service, I'm going to dig straight into the word. We're in a series at the moment called increased favor, increased favor. And we're talking about over the last few weeks, staying connected to God during the storm and using that favor to walk as overcomers. You see, if you don't face a storm, you've got nothing to overcome. So you can't be more than a conqueror if you've never conquered anything. Amen. And notice you're more than a conqueror, because Christ is the conqueror. You're the more. Amen. I shared with a small group. I know it's old, but maybe you haven't heard it. If you had, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This is a good definition of more than a conqueror. It's like the world champion boxer going into the boxing ring to defend his title. And you know, nowadays they get paid millions of dollars. And he climbs into that ring, man, and he gets clapped, and he gets battered, and he gets hit. But know, at the end of the day, he's a conqueror. He defends his title. He stays the champion. And everyone said, (laughs) He goes home with a trophy, and with his $30, $30 million check, and his wife sitting there on the couch with her gown on, her feet up, She's sitting there with her mug of coffee, and she says, well done, my conqueror, hand it over. How many of you know, he's a conqueror, she's more than a conqueror, because she gets the check, she didn't fight, she didn't sweat, she didn't train. She just prayed. I wouldn't say she didn't do anything, because that could be really bad. <laughs> That's the start of the next argument, you know what I mean? Anyway, last week we looked at how Jesus taught us to deal with storms in our lives. And we want to continue this morning uh, along those lines about how to stay connected. Remember we said there are three things we can do to stay connected to God during a storm. And we said number one is we need to be convinced in our hearts that Jesus is interested in our success. God wants you to be successful. You've got to be convinced of that though. It's no use you hearing it from me. You've got to be convinced in your own heart that Jesus wants you to be successful. Number two, we said this, it's not what you have, it's who you have. Because remember, when Joseph was at his lowest point, he had no influence. He had nothing going for him. God made this declaration. He said, I am with him, and he is highly favored and successful. Amen? Amen. So, it's not what you have in your hand today, it's who you have. But here's number three this morning. Please pay close attention today because you can't go without this one. Now that you have one and two, here's number three. It is what you have in your hand. Did you hear me? Number one, be convinced. Jesus wants you successful. Number two, it's not what you have, it's who you have. Number three, now that you know one and two, it is what you have in your hand. Did you hear me this morning? Look at your hand. Say, what have I got in my hand this morning? Now listen carefully. This is such an important teaching. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 10 to 12. Pastor James of the church of Jerusalem, the first rhema church of Jerusalem, Pastor James, the half-brother of Jesus, made this statement. Faith without works is dead. Would you say that with me? One, two, three. Faith without works is dead. You could say it another way. Faith without the corresponding actions is useless. Alright, so because I believe Jesus wants me successful, because I know that it's not what I have, it's who I have, that motivates me and it moves me in faith to do something. Would you look at the person next to you and say, just do something. Now, 2 Corinthians 8, let's start in verse 10 and we'll read a few verses and we'll, we'll just spend a little bit of time here this morning. And in this I give advice. It is to your advantage. It is what? To your advantage, not only to be doing what you began and were desiring to do a year ago, but now also you must complete the doing of it. So Paul says, listen, and we'll look at the previous verses. I've spoken about all these things, but here's what I want to say to you. It's to your advantage, not only to be doing, but to finish what you were doing. Let's read on. That uh, doing of it, that as there was a readiness to desire it, so there also must be a completion out of what you have. God is interested with what you have this morning. All right? That while there was a readiness to desire it, so there must also be a completion out of what you have. For if there is first a willing mind, it is accepted according to what one has and not according to what he does not have. God does not deal with you according to what you don't have right now. In other words, it's like the gentleman came to the pastor. He said, Pastor, when I win the lottery, I'm definitely going to give you the three million rand to pay off your bond. And the pastor looked at him and said, I don't want that three million. I want the million you have in your account now. Hello? Because God doesn't deal with you according to what you don't have. He wants to talk to you about what you do have. And so it's so important what Paul is saying here to the church in Corinthians. And he's, he's giving them an example. You see, God expects you and I to work with what we have in our hands now. That's our step of faith. That's our step of action. So you just say, you know, I I wish I had that. Stop saying that. Oh, I don't have this. Stop saying that. What do you have? What did God say to Moses when he said to him, man, what am I going to do? And God said to him, what's in your hand? And he said, I've got a staff. And what did God say? Throw it on the ground. It became a snake. And when he picked it up, it became a rod. And it was with that rod he conquered Egypt. It didn't look like anything. Moses was looking at what he didn't have, what he couldn't do, why he couldn't do it. And God just stopped him and said, Moses, what do you have? Give it to me and I'll multiply it. And go throughout the whole of the Bible and you'll see. What did Jesus say to the disciples when he said, feed the multitude? What do you have? We have five loaves and two fish. Or was it five fish and two loaves? Just checking. You see, it's important today that you work with the revelation God's already given you. You've got to walk in the light of the word you have today. Stop waiting for a new revelation. What are you doing with the one God's already given you? So you see, what happens with the church is we want God to do a whole lot of things, but what are we doing with what he's already given us? Are we bringing our tithe? Are we forgiving others? Are we praying for our community? Are we steadfast in attending church and being part of what God's doing through our local church? Are we doing with what we have what we can? Because listen, don't undermine or don't despise the day of small beginnings. God will take your small and He'll put His favor on it and it'll increase. It'll multiply. It'll become something substantial. And that's what we need to realize this morning. God will take our weakness, our little. He'll take what we think is insignificant. And when we give it, when we surrender it to Him, He'll place His favor on it. It will multiply and it will become effective. It will start to open doors. It will start to lead you into the purpose of God for your life. So you've got to ask yourself a question. Number one, what's in your hand? Number two, start using it. Number three, don't do it in your strength, place it in his hands and let him bless it and anoint it. Can you say amen? Look at the person next to you, say, what is in your hand? Now, let me jump to the start of the story in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 1 to 4. And let's just build a little bit a foundation of consistency and context to what Paul is saying. In verse 1, he says, moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Listen to this, that in the great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. In other words, he's saying this, they took the first two. They believed Jesus was on their side and they knew what they had They knew who they had, not what they had. And that joy, that passion that God was working in them, worked within their poverty to the point that it produced generosity. Let's read on. You see, this morning, grace makes you generous. When you recognize God's favors on you, and that it's His unmerited favor because of Jesus, your heart is open. And when your heart is open, your hands become open, and His river starts to flow through you. Verse 3, it says, For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, say "beyond." beyond. Beyond their ability, they were freely willing imploring us with much urgency that we should receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. You see, they were working with with what they had with such passion. And Paul was probably there looking at their poverty, looking at their desperate situation, saying, listen, don't give, it's okay, I'll I'll manage. And they were imploring him, no, 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 we want you to take this gift. We want you to take these resources, because we want to partner with what God is doing in your life. There was a passion and a determination. So never undermine where you are today. Start where you are with what you have and let God multiply it. Amen. I love a a great preacher once said, work with what's in your hand while God builds what's in your heart. You see, we are waiting for God to do what he's put in our heart and he's waiting for you to work with what you have. And when the two connect, there's a seed that goes forth that is anointed with the multiplication of God in your life and it launches you into the purpose of God. You see, generosity this morning is contagious and it's spontaneous. It has a heart for others and he's always willing to put them first. So it's not what I want to do, it's what needs to be done. It's motivated by building the kingdom, by seeing God's kingdom multiplied and increased that causes the favor of God to increase in our lives. Giving yourself to others shows this morning that you are connected to Jesus and that you really care about his kingdom. That you really care about what's happening around you in your world. You really care about what's happening in your community. You see, that's your connection. That's your Act of faith. You see, today, we don't need to draw attention to ourselves because we already have God's attention. Not about me. It's about what God wants to do for you through me. And when I stop making the world about me, my world gets bigger. You see, Proverbs says, the the world of the generous gets bigger and bigger. But the world of the selfish gets smaller and smaller. So generosity is such an incredible fruit of the favor of God in our lives. And we see it playing out in the life of Joseph. Remember that you are the Jesus that the world is going to see. You are the only Bible that some people will read. And so when they see your life, what do they see? Do they get a glimpse of Jesus or do they just get a glimpse of Of you, The more we spend time in his presence, the more we respond to the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the more Christ can shine through us. Let's read on. Are you getting some help this morning? Are you glad you came to church? All right, 2 Corinthians 8, let's look at verse 5 and 6. And not only that, as we had hoped, but they first, say they first, first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. So we urge Titus that as he had begun, so that he would also complete this grace that is in you as well. Notice what it says. Not as we hoped. They first gave themselves to God. And then they gave themselves to us by the will of God. So they were connected with purpose. They weren't just doing what they wanted to do. Oh, this looks good. Let's do that. No, no. They first came before God. They did the first two that we spoke about. And then they followed through with the third one as a result of the first two. So you see, I'm not here doing this just because I thought it was a good idea. Some people think that. Oh, pastor, what a great decision. No, we're doing this because we feel God told us to do it. We gave ourselves first to God, and now we give ourselves to the purpose of God because we've heard from God what He wants us to do. You see, then you don't have to go to God and say, Lord, please bless this. You just say, Lord, what is it? And it's already blessed. Because His favor is already on it when you're flowing with the leadership of His Spirit. And we'll see clarity about this as, as we dig into this a little bit more. So remember today, completion in our lives, favor increased in our lives comes out of these three things we're talking about. Number one, believing that Jesus is interested in you doing well. Let's just be really practical and honest with each other. Some people think God doesn't want everyone to do well. And they think if you preach health and wealth and success in the church that you're a prosperity cult. The reality is this how does the kingdom grow if the church isn't doing well? well let's just be real with each other. If you and I aren't doing well, how does the church do well? Because you are the church. You know it's it's our greatest joy. As pastors and elders, when we see our church thriving, when we see people doing well, when we see people enjoying their lives, their marriages uh, whole, their families doing well, it hurts us when we see people struggling. Why? Because our heart is God's heart. We want to see the kingdom expanded. Can you say amen? And so when we do that, when we believe God wants us to do well, when we know who we have and who we are as a result of that, We start using what we have with a passion, but also with a purpose. And so we see God's kingdom being extended. You see, these daily practices help us to rest and put our trust in God to multiply His favor in our lives so the kingdom does well. Let's read on. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 7. Paul's talking to the church now, and he's saying, listen, look what he says in verse 7. But as you abound, that word abound there is the word increase. As you increase in everything. Sorry, can I just say that again? As you increase in some things. No, in everything. As you increase in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. What grace? In this favor of God, in the area of your finances and your well-being. God wants you to do well so that His kingdom is doing well. So, Paul is speaking about being generous, but he's practically showing us how to live the life of worship. And that as we live the life of worship, the favor of God is increased in our lives because we start walking with a purpose. We start walking with an intention in our lives. I'm not just living my life today to get by. I'm living my life to see God's kingdom established. Because the Bible says, every place on which my feet shall tread, He has given it to me. Amen? Amen. Think of that next time you walk through South Coast Mall. By applying these very things to our lives, I want to show you an example of a very significant story in the Bible of a gentleman by the name of Cornelius. Let's go look there, and uh, we'll just have a, a look at a few things this morning as we build on this thought. Do you all know the person Cornelius? In the Bible, in the book of Acts, well, you're going to learn about him this morning. You're going to find that he applied these principles in his life, and you're going to see how it turned out to be a very great and significant moment, because he found himself in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. And that is really important. You see, that's what favor is about. It's not just about believing, but it's about acting out. Because think about it. If I ask God to do something for me, and he positions me, and he says, okay, I'm going to use more to do this something for you. Have you got some cash? Have you got lots? It's going to work well for me. (laughs) Did William give it to you? No, it's yes. your name. You work for it. You're a blessing. Okay, hold this. So, I've asked God for some finances to take Mandy for lunch today. Yes, of course. God speaks to Maud to give me the finances. Let's just check. Is this enough? Have you got some more? No. You yeah, have, but you won't give it to me, I know. Because you know me too well. So, listen. God's position Maud to give me the finances. So now I've got to listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit so that I'm where Maud is when Maud's ready to give me the thing that God told her to give me. So let's let's just So let's just say I decide no, I don't want to be here by Maud. I want to be here by Norm. I'm like, Lord, I'm sure you're gonna use norm too. Well, when are you going to speak to him? I'm waiting. Norm, come on, buddy. Norm, this is getting serious. So look, listen, I'm in the wrong place. (laughs) Don't mess up my illustration, man. So listen, I pray, did God hear me? Yes, there's the answer over there. But I'm here. I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time doing the wrong thing. So now I go, I see, God, this thing doesn't work. Pastor preaches every week favor. I don't believe it. It doesn't happen. No, no, no. So you were in the wrong place at the wrong time doing the wrong thing. But if you heard the prompting of the Holy Spirit, if you were walking in the light as He's in the light, you're filling the revelation and you're trusting God, guess what? You'll be, you know what? I think I'm going to go greet Maud this morning. Hey, Maudie, Maud, how are you doing? Oh, so good to see you. Bless you. In the right place at the right time doing the right thing. And my answer is, Is right there. But my answer was there the whole time. I needed to follow God's instruction to be where He needed me to be so I can get what He wants to give me. Acts 10. We can negotiate afterwards, all right? And she will give it to me because she's such a generous person. So look here, Acts 10, verse 1 to 6. There was a certain man, say a certain man, in Caesarea," Caesarea, called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man, one who feared God with all his household. Listen, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. So what did he do? He prayed to God always. He was aware of who God was. He believed God wanted him to do well because if you go study the life of the centurion, he was a very wealthy man. He had servants. He had soldiers. He had a beautiful home he lived in. And he loved God. But here's the thing. He wasn't born again and he wasn't a Jew. But he loved God. He served God. And listen, he was generous. He gave alms to the poor. All right, watch the story. This is incredible. He prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly, say clearly, In a vision, and the angel of God coming to him saying, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid. And he said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, listen, your prayers and your alms have come up to me as a memorial. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose name is Peter. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. Right, so we've already established this was not a Jew. He was a Gentile. All right, He was prosperous and successful, but he was tuned into God as a result of his faith in action. And so he saw, he heard the prompting of God, of the Holy Spirit. And so because he was switched on, God spoke to him and gave him clear instruction what he should do. Let's read the story, verse 7. And when the angel, now we drop down to a, a few more verses. And when the angel, of, angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Chopper. Now please understand this. This is an incredibly significant moment in the history of the church. As a matter of fact, you would not be here if Cornelius didn't obey God. That's how significant this moment is in the history of the church. God here welcomes Gentiles into his plan. And as he was called as a chosen person of God, he enters into the covenant through the favor of God. And Paul refers to this in Galatians 3.14. It says that the blessing of Abraham may come upon the Gentiles. This is the, the first moment where this happens. While the original, original covenant uh, with Jews still stands, God is now grafting in and adopting you and I into his sonship. Listen, we now become the recipients of a new and better covenant based on better promises because we are the seed of Abraham. Now listen, the first person that God put his favor on was Abraham. And God called us He's heirs. He's our father of the faith. All right? Now look what happens in verse 19. So this is happening for Cornelius. He's at his home. He gets this vision. Now we jump ahead, and now we see Peter, who's living with Peter, the tanner. Simon, the tanner. Listen to verse 19. While Peter thought about the vision that the Spirit of God had just told him, he said, Behold, the three men you are seeking are seeking you. Arise, go down to them. Listen to this. Go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Now, we, we don't have time for that story, but Peter was up on the, on the roof having his quiet time in prayer, and God gives him a vision of this meal coming down, and he says, I'll not partake of, of things that are not of your covenant or not of, of the Jewish faith, and God says, no, partake, because what I've called clean, don't you call unclean. So he has this incredible vision. At the same time, he's speaking to Cornelius. Can you see the divine connection? Being in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. All right? So he says to him, follow these three men. And he goes to them and we know what happens. We'll read it in a moment. But notice this today. The church is a dynamic organization. Christ's body, you and I today are called to advance God's kingdom. We must not lose heart or the heart of Jesus for people today. God has called us to reach others. God has called us to reach the community. God has called us to reach the world out there. Because why? God loves people. Just look at the person next to you and say, you are valuable this morning. Say this with me. It is still go time. You see, stop waiting for for, for God. God's waiting for you and I. To arise with boldness and favor. To go forward. To do His work. We are His body. And it's the church's responsibility to preach the good news to the nations. Now let's continue our story. Verse 24. And the following day they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was there waiting for them. Listen to this. And had called together all his relatives and close friends. So he wasn't holding on to this revelation. He was like, okay, let's see how this works out. No, no. He phoned all his family, all his friends. He said, come, something incredible is about to happen. You see, when you sit on the favor of God in your life and you don't share it with others, you're doing yourself and God a disservice. Go and invite your friends. Go and invite your family. Say, come to church next week. You won't believe it. Incredible things are happening. God's the one who's got to make the incredible things happen, not you, not me. Can you say amen? Christ's ministry to the world depends on you and I. And here's the reality. He has anointed you and I. He has commissioned us to be soul winners. You see, the church loses its flavor, and it loses its its purpose when we don't win souls, when we're not active in reaching our community in practical ways. Now, have a look at verse 43. To him all the prophets witness, and through his name whoever believes in him will receive remission from sins. That word remission there is aphesis in Greek. It means to be free, to be pardoned, to receive your deliverance, your forgiveness, and your liberty. Now, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. So, Peter goes in obedience. He speaks the word to Cornelius. He speaks that Christ has been raised from the dead. He speaks that God has now welcomed them in. And this is the first moment in the history of the world that God invites the Gentiles into salvation. You and I are sitting in the church today as spiritual Jews because Cornelius obeyed God. He took practically what God was doing on the inside of him. And because God responded to that faith, he used him to bring the message of Christ to the Gentiles. And we are now grafted into that same blessing. Because of his obedience. Now we'll continue with some things uh, next week that we'll see. We see the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We see the baptism of water. We see the working of God in our lives come to fruition. Because the favor of God is upon our lives. Just look at the person next to you. Say, you are blessed this morning. You are highly favored this morning. And there's nothing in your life that is too difficult for God. If you'll just step away from the fear and step into God's faith, you'll begin to see incredible things happening. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around in this moment. God is fixing to do some amazing things through the life of the church. So right now, while every head is bowed, every eye closed, if you're sitting out today, you've never personally accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, it would be such a joy and a privilege to pray for you this morning. Maybe you once served God, but you, you just stepped away. You kind of When cold and you haven't really been walking where you need to walk, and you know that today, I want you to know God loves you, He cares about you, and He cares for you. So while every head is bowed, every eye is closed, if you say today, would you include me in that prayer today before you leave? Maybe you're watching online, and you just feel that tugging on your heart right now. It would be the greatest joy for us to pray with you and for you, right where you are today, sitting in front of your computer, in front of your TV. We love you, and we care about what God is doing in your life. So if that's you today, whether you're online or you're sitting here today, would you just raise your hand? If you're in the building, if you're there online, you can just wait a minute, we're going to pray with you in a second. Is there someone today? I see that hand at the back, Sue. God bless you. If you'll just quickly stand to your feet. Was that a hand over there, ma'am? If you raise your hand, would you just stand to your feet and quickly... Just step out from where you are and just follow our leaders there to the back door there. We're going to pray with you in a a moment. Isn't that amazing? Thank you, Lord. Is there someone else today that say yes? Ma'am, I see that hand. Would you just stand where you are? Just stand where you are and just come with me. Just move to the back there. They're going to help you. And just go with us. We're going to pray with you. We're going to pray for you today. Hallelujah. God is doing a work today in the hearts and lives of people. Hallelujah. Now, if you're online, we're going to pray this prayer from Romans 10. Everyone here in the building is going to pray with you because we're rooting for you today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you'll just stand and face me. Church, I'm going to ask you to pray with me. Just be sincere in your heart. Even if you prayed this prayer before, but this is a rededication, just pray it again and just be sincere in your heart. Let's pray together. If you're online, if you'll just pray this prayer, say, Father God. I believe today that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He died for my sin, and that You raised Him from the dead so that I could be saved. I open my heart, and I receive Jesus into my life as my Lord and Savior. Thank You for saving me today. Thank You for dying on the cross so that I could have life and have it more abundantly. Father, I pray for every person online and every person you know who's just prayed that prayer. And I thank you that they'll experience your divine favor, that they'll experience your peace and your joy because of the wonderful decision they've just made. In Jesus' name, and everyone agreed, said, Amen. amen. Come on, let's put our hands together today. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you online. If you'll follow our leaders, we're going to take you to a place of prayer quickly. We'll give you a Bible. Our people know to wait for you. And if you want to just get your personal belongings, that's fine. If you prayed that prayer online, please send us a WhatsApp. Please send us an email. We'd love to send you a Bible and explain to you the amazing decision that you've just made. Now, if you if you'd like to stand to your feet, thank you so much for being here today. Perhaps you're a visitor. It's your first time here today. We have this beautiful welcome brochure. We'd like you to just pick one up at the info bar on your way out. We also want to give you a little pen so you remember your first visit to our church. What we are going to ask you to do before you leave is just to complete that little section that's been provided there for you and then indicate whether we could send you an email or phone you. Tear it off and hand it to the info bar. The rest is for you to keep so you can remember to connect with the church and be part of what God is doing here in our church on the south coast. We love you. We appreciate you now. We just got a little bit of house news. We've got a water baptism coming up uh, in October. So if you've never gone through the waters of baptism, you're welcome to register at the info bar or send us a WhatsApp. It's going to be on the 9th of October after the second service. So put your name down. Come, we do a wonderful water baptism down at the tidal pool there by Ramsgate. And we'd love to celebrate that powerful powerful act of obedience as you go through the waters of baptism. God bless you today. Our stewards will be there at the main door and over there as you leave. If you want to put your tithes and offerings in, or if you want to sow to our car God fund, you're more than welcome to do that. God bless you. Join us in the coffee bar if you can. And if not, we'll see you either at a small group or online on Thursday. God bless you as you go rejoicing.